Why don't we clap our hands and praise him? Come on, lift your voice and shout his name. Somebody say his name, Jesus. Hallelujah. It's indeed an honor to be here tonight. The great presence of the Lord, the mighty host of apostolics that are here tonight. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn quickly with me to the book of Judges. Judges chapter 16. I believe the Holy Ghost is going to help us tonight. Amen. When you're the leadoff batter, you're supposed to watch a lot of pitches go by. You're supposed to give the men behind you an opportunity to see what the pitcher looks like. But I never was a very good leadoff hitter, so I'm going to hit the first pitch I see that looks in the strike zone. Amen. And if I dribble out to third base, there's a lot of good hitters behind me. And I give honor to Bishop Odom, all the chairmen, all the uh, councils, and uh, all the youth committee that have afforded me the opportunity to be here, all the speakers, and all the great men of God that are here tonight, my friends, amen. Uh, my dad is with me tonight. My eldest daughter, Katrin, is with me. Mama and my other two children are at home. One's in the world and one's about to be. And uh, my wife allowed me to come to preach this meeting. And she's listening. And uh, I love her and appreciate her. Amen. My brother-in-law and sister-in-law is here. My church is here. Cornerstone Revival Center of Coleman, Alabama. There they are. Amen. Let's preach. How about it? Book of Judges chapter 16. Give honor to my pastor, Greg Wilbanks. I believe he's listening. Love and appreciate him very, very much. Amen. Judges chapter 16 and verse number 16. Very familiar passage of scripture. Came to pass, and she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death. That he told her all his heart and said unto her, There hath not come a razor upon mine head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. Any other man. When Delilah saw that He had told her all his heart. She sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he hath shown me his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in their hands. She made him sleep upon her knees. She called for a man, and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. She began to afflict him. His strength went from him. Then 
she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before. Shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. But the Philistines took him and put out his eyes. Everybody say that with me. Put out his eyes. And brought him down to Gaza found him with fetters of brass and he did grind in the prison house I want to preach tonight with the help of the Holy Ghost and my title will make sense in a few moments I hope when the sun stops shining amen when the sun stops shining let's ask the Holy Ghost to help us put your Bibles down lift your voices in your hands and let's ask God's presence to come into this place God, we need you. I need you. Anoint me as you never have before. Guide my mind and my spirit. Help me, God, to preach what you put in my mind and heart to preach. God, help us tonight. Touch every heart. Touch every young person. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Come on. Would you lift your voice? Come on. Come on. Come on. In the name of Jesus, touch us tonight. Let heaven meet this place, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Jesus' name. God bless you for standing. You may be seated. The book of Judges. I realize that it is probably not advisable to preach from the book of Judges at a youth conference but the Holy Ghost has directed us here tonight and that's where we're going to be but the book of Judges is unique in from any other book it is one of the most peculiar periods of time in the Bible it covers some 450 plus years between when God's people entered into the land of Canaan and began to take uh, possession of the land that God had promised them until the Bible tells us that they were allowed a king. It's a period of time that is foggy in most of the word of God. In fact, uh, of the 450 plus years, there is it's just few little snippets of time that the Bible opens the door in the book of Judges to let us look into. It is uh, one of the most peculiar times in the history of God's people in that uh, there were no set uh, leaders. In fact, uh, that was the problem, that there was no king in the land. And the Bible said in the book of Judges that every man did that which was right in his own eyes. The Bible is filled in the book of Judges with this same story. In fact, I could sum the book of Judges up in this statement. It is a continuing backsliding of God's people all throughout from Judges chapter 1 until the end of the book. It is filled and the story goes like this. God's people turn away from him. They go towards other gods and begin to serve those other gods and God delivers them into the hand of the oppressor. 40 years or so go by. They are oppressed. They are impoverished. They are destroyed. The Bible says in many occasions that they became 
uh, weakened and running from their oppressor. And then somebody would remember, hey, we are and used to be the people of God. And they would turn around and they would repent and God would send them a deliverer. Amen. You would think that after one or two times, uh, the people of God would say, you know, it doesn't seem like a good idea to backslide. It doesn't seem like a good idea to leave God. Every time somebody leaves God, they end up in trouble. Every time somebody backslides, they end up on the bottom with somebody's foot on their neck. But nobody ever figured it out. Nobody ever got it. You would think that in the youth congress that I'm preaching in tonight, this great host of young people that have watched time and time again as your friends have backslidden and your cousins and your friends and brothers and sisters have left God and the shape their life turns into. You would think that we would stand tonight and say, I don't care what happens. I don't care what happens in my life. I ain't leaving God. It ain't a good idea to backslide. Every time somebody backslides, they end up messed up. If you would get that spirit in your life, your pastor would breathe a lot easier and he'd sleep better at night. But I've come to tell you that you've got an adversary and you've got to make up in your mind. I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to give up on God. I don't care what the world offers me. I don't care what the world gives me. I'm going to stick with God. In this 450 years plus years, the story is the same, just different characters. They backslide, they repent, God delivers them, and God blesses them. It is a book, if you read it, it covers at some moments in its writing, it covers entire decades of time with just a few words. It covers 40 years with just one sentence and they had peace for 40 years. It's a book that is filled with economy of words and economy of stories. There is just a few. In fact, some of the judges that are accepted as judges aren't even mentioned except by name in the book of judges. Some of them, the Bible just simply said of one that he, that he delivered Israel and they had peace for 40 years. It's a book that's filled with these encapsulating statements that decades and, and, and even centuries of time are just swept over very quickly because God's, it's almost like God doesn't want to talk about the book of Judges. Finally, as we march quickly through from Judges chapter 1 all the way to Judges chapter 13, the story is the same. They backslid, they repented. God sent them somebody. The story is told of his great act of deliverance. And then the Bible says, and they had peace for 40 years. But we march through. And you can read the book of Judges, chapters 1 through chapter 13, without even knowing the names. You just know how the story's going to go. But when we get to Judges chapter 13, it's like God is fed up with these backsliders. It's like God realizes, Brother Tiller, this isn't working. We've got to refigure this. These judges, they have a little bit of peace and they have a little bit of God's people worshiping me. But, but it seems like that after a generation after the judge, that 
that they're gone again and they don't even know who I am and there's generations that grow up in Israel that don't even know who their God is and so God says I don't want to do this anymore I don't want to have moments of brilliance from these great people in fact some of the most powerfully used judges in the book of Judges in their, in their signal moments of greatness there was none greater but then you read on and they eventually messed up or they come from a messed up the Bible tells us that Gideon he's one of the greatest judges he, he, he's, his story you can preach his story at any youth camp any youth conference you want to preach it Gideon was a man he was the man but if you keep reading the story of Gideon at the end of his life he got sideways too because the story's the same you're going to mess up if you keep going this way you're going to turn around on God if you keep going this way he was the son of an idol worshiper and at the end of his life he had trouble with God and God it's like God just gets fed up with all this and he said I'm going to do something different these people keep turning I can only keep their attention for a generation or two then they forget me I'm going to try something different it's almost and God help me not to get in my head of myself it's almost like God sitting up in heaven and he said I think I've got it figured out how I can turn around this generation of people I think I've got it figured out how I can stop this tide of backsliding and continually falling away I think maybe I've got the answer to how to get my people to love me all the days of their life and to instill it into their children that there's only one God and Jehovah is his name I think I got a way figured out that I could get my people to fall head over heels in love with me and never forsake me it's like God I don't know if he has a conversation with anybody. Maybe he talks to Gabriel. I don't know who he talks to. He ain't talking to the other two gods, that's for sure. He's having a conversation. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I don't know who comes up with it. But somebody says, maybe if we can get a young person to totally 100% dedicate their entire life to you. Maybe he can swing the tide and some new day will dawn. God said that sounds like a good idea. And so an angel dispatches from heaven and he goes, the Bible says, to a certain man. And the book of Judges that spans generations with a sentence comes to a screeching halt in Judges chapter 13. From the beginning of Judges, the judges just arise out of trouble. From the beginning of Judges, they just appear in distress moments and become deliverers. But in Judges chapter 13, God puts the brakes and he said, we're going to start a little earlier. 
We're going to do something different all together. In fact, we're going to do something that's only been done three other times in the entirety of civilization. So the angel comes to this certain man who had a barren wife. And the angel says to this woman, you are going to have a son. Does this sound familiar to anybody? And the angel names him and gives him a destiny and gives him a calling before he's even conceived. That sound like a new thing? That sound like some way to change the world? For unto us a child is born and the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father and he shall save his people from their sins. I want to tell you something. When God came to Manoah, he had a big idea in his mind. When God came to Manoah's wife, he had something in his brain that was mighty. And I'll read it to you so you'll believe it. The angel says, you're going to have a son. Behold now thou art barren and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Now therefore, beware, I pray thee, drink not wine nor strong drink and eat not any unclean thing. For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son and no razor shall come near his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite from your womb and he shall begin. God said he's about to do something that ain't never been done before. He's about to start a new day. He's about to usher in a brand new era. He's coming. He's going to be consecrated from his birth. He's going to be separated from the womb. And he is going to begin. God said, we're going to stop this book of Judges. We're going to stop the decade sentences. And I'm going to tell you a whole chapter about somebody that's coming. I'm going to stop this book that chapters cover generations of time. And I'm going to take a 25 verse chapter out of this book that spans 480 years. And I'm going to tell you that there's a boy coming that's going to begin a work of God. That's going to change what I'm doing in the earth. I want to tell you a whole chapter about somebody that's coming that's going to live a separated life. I'm going to spend a whole chapter about the power of a Consecrated young person. I'm going to spend a whole chapter about the power of a committed apostolic teenager. He's about to begin a work. He's about to start doing something that all these other judges couldn't do. From his birth, the call of God's going to be on him. From his womb, from his mother's womb, the anointing of God is going to rest upon him. 
shall begin to deliver my people. And I want you to notice the order. And I want to talk to you. Brother Wilson, God didn't say he's going to do great works. And oh, by the way, he's going to be a Nazarite. God didn't say this young man's going to do mighty exploits in the kingdom of God. Oh, yeah, and you better stay committed. In fact, the angel begins a conversation with the mother. All this hinges on consecration. Don't drink any wine. Don't drink any strong drink. Don't eat anything unclean because he's coming. And the power isn't going to be in his shoulders or in his back. The power is going to be in his commitment to God. I want to preach to you young people that God don't care how good you can sing if you're not committed. God doesn't care how good you can preach if you're not sold out. God doesn't care how many souls you knock on and how many fires you pass out. If deep down in your heart there's not a total dedicated life that pleases God. I've come to preach to young people that God is not concerned about our exploits. He wants to know, are you pleasing me? He don't care how many doors you knock on. If you're, God have mercy. If you're living in fornication, he don't care how good you can preach. If you can't pray, God said he's going to be consecrated from his birth. Oh, I'm going to preach on Wednesday night. God's tired of the most powerful young people not knowing how to pray. God's tired of the most talented young people falling into fornication. God's tired of the ones with the most gifts falling into sin because we're not consecrated. to you tonight we look over some things because they got a daddy that put them in the pulpit when they were 13 but God's not looking at that God's got a lot of preachers he's looking like he looked at David I want to know your heart I want to know what your heart looks like I want to know what your life looks like come on Consecration to God is not a sidebar. It's our identity. It's who we are. It's because of our dedication that comes power. I want to tell you how much God was concerned. With what Samson was going to do. He shares the distinction. With only three other people. Care to know who they are? An angel. Heralded his birth. He was born to a barren woman. Who was past the thought of conceiving. And the angel came. And said, this one's going to be special. 
this one's going to do a work like nobody else. The first one, you know him well. His name was Isaac. The angel of the Lord said, you're going to bear a son. I'm past bearing. It don't matter. He's going to be the father of nations. He's going to be the father of Israel. Through him, watch this, through him, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. God don't just send angels to tell barren women that they're going to have sons just because he run out of something to do. But it's the ushering in of something mighty. It's the ushering in of something powerful. It's a global vision. Through him, the whole nations of the world are going to be touched. Samson was the second. Want to know who the third one was? Jesus said of him, born of a woman, never been one greater. The angel came to Elizabeth and said, you're going to have a boy. You're going to have a son, Zechariah. He's going to be the forerunner of Christ. He's going to be the voice of one crying in the wilderness, saying, prepare ye the way. God's about to do a work in the earth. I want to tell you something. John the Baptist showed up to usher in the glory of the only begotten of the Father who was full of power and truth. He was the... I want to tell you, when God sends an angel to talk to a mother, he's not concerned about a little city. He's concerned about the whole world. Number four. His mama wasn't even married. She had never known a man. The angel said, you're going to conceive and bear a son. And the increase of his government, there shall be no end. Call him Jesus, Emmanuel, because he's coming to save his people. He's coming to die as the lamb slain for the sins of the world. He's about, come on, Mary. You can't. Blessed are thou among women. I'm about to change the world through your son. And this glorious Bible that simply says of the universe, I made the stars also, takes an entire chapter to tell us he was coming. Samson. His name in the Hebrew means sunlight. In this dark, depressive world of backsliding continually, I'm going to shine a ray of God's grace. I'm going to show you what a life totally consecrated looks like. I'm going to show you the power of a dedicated life. I'm going to shine a ray of my glory and anointing into this dark world of judges. And Samson's going to begin something. But it didn't happen that way. You don't know what the Bible says about Samson? Took a whole chapter to tell us he was coming. 
the entirety of his life takes up 96 verses. And 20 of them were telling us he was coming. 20 years of judging. 20 years of a life that was supposed to begin a global work. God said, I can tell you all about it in 76 verses. Three chapters. Aside from the one about his birth, fully details everything that Samson did for God. I don't think when the angel said he's coming, that's what God had in mind. John the Baptist turned the world upside down. Jesus Christ forever changed the way God deals with humanity. Isaac is the father of God's people. Samson had 76 verses. Here's the sum total of his exploits. He burned down some cornfields. And he tore down a gate. And he ruled for 20 years. He died well, but what a waste that the Bible had to say this. He killed more in his death than he did in his life. I don't think when the angel showed up to tell Manoah, you better get ready. He's coming. The sunshine's about to break through the day. I don't think that's what God had in mind. And I'm going to tell you why I believe it's the case. The very first sentence of Samson's life begins like this. And Samson went down. He was born to the high calling of God. He was born to be a Nazarite unto his death. He was born to be completely 100% dedicated to the work of God in the earth. He was born to live at the high place. He was born to live on the high road. And the Bible begins his life and Samson went down. You see, if we could keep you at peak or you can't, lose any of you if we could keep you in the prayer room 24 7 because that's the high place where God meets the earth if we could keep you at Friday night you can't nobody would ever backslide but the problem is you can't live at the high place the problem is you gotta go to school the problem is you gotta go work a job the problem is your mama's not saved the problem is you got that don't live for God. But I want to preach to you young people. The problem wasn't that he had to go down. Because you can't live at peak. It'd be great, but you can't live under the altar. 
every now and then you got to get your heads out of the cloud and go pay some bills every one of us has a continually going down and coming up that's why you can't miss church that's why you can't miss youth service because you gotta walk on the down all week long there's people that don't love God there's people that don't know God you And if you think, Pastor, that we can brick in the door, the walls and the windows of the church and save them, I'll tell you we'll backslide because we're not doing the will of God. He said, I don't want you hiding. I don't want you hidden in the earth. You're a city set on a hill. You're a light that cannot be hidden. I don't want you hid behind the walls of your holiness. I don't want you hid behind the walls of your separation. You gotta walk in the ways of the world, but you gotta let your light so shine that they see your good works and glorify your God. If you twist that out of context against me, forgive you. But I'm going to tell you what we'll have. We'll have a bunch of conformed young people that have no power. Because they can have long sleeves that cover the end of their fingernails and their skirt can drag their tracks out. But they can have a spirit of harlot in their life and they're no closer to God than the one walking down the street. Inward holiness will come out on the outside. But if you don't have it on the inside, the outside ain't doing you no good. It's got to start in here with a complete set of a or a dedication that said, I will not defile my temple. I'm going to live holy because of who I am. I'm a Nazarite. I've been separated. That's where my power comes from. They go to school with a bun on their head and a skirt and long sleeves. But they backslide when they're 18 because they don't know how to live for God on the down. They don't know how to walk through Gaza and not be tempted by the harlot. They don't know how to go to Gath and not see the woman. You gotta talk to them. You gotta tell them that what's inside of you never has to take a back seat. You don't ever have to bow down. It's the power to change the whole world. Yeah, come on, young people. God's looking for some teenagers that'll be proud of their holiness, but they'll know I'm walking in power. I've got the anointing of God. I don't have to fall. I don't have to be tempted. I don't have to give in to temptation. And I'm not preaching against this. So we put them in our schools where they never meet a stranger. 
And they know how to shout at youth congress. But when they meet somebody that's got tats up and down their arm, they don't even know how to have a conversation with them. I went to a public school. I'm not saying that's how you got to do it. I'm just saying you can. Because it ain't about where the school is. It's about what's inside your heart. I'm consecrated. I'm a Nazarite. I don't dress that way. I don't talk that way. I don't live that way. Because I'm separated. It ain't about my dress code. It's about my separation and my consecration within my spirit. Samson the problem wasn't when he went down with the young the Bible says he went down and saw a woman it's not what happens while you're down it's what you see when you're down And it's not just what your eyes see. It's how you judge what your eyes see. Because the problem wasn't that he saw a woman. The Bible said he saw a woman and he told his daddy, she pleases me well. I like what I saw. The Holy Ghost. I judged what I saw, and I think it's something that I need in my life. I've come to preach, young people. Don't ever look at something while you're down and put it in your life. Come back to the high place. Look at it from up here. Look at it from the altar. Look at it on a fast. Look at it from a prayer meeting. Don't judge it while you're down. Don't say it looks good when you're walking through school. Look at it from the high place. And he comes back. Watch this. Listen. This is the sum total of Samson's life. Chapter 1, chapter 14, verse 1. Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines, and he came up. He went down, saw a woman, and came up. See the Habakkuk. You're not called to live down there. You may have to go down there, but you're called to live up here. Pete is who we are. Down there is where we got to go to school. The church is our identity. Down there, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. We don't judge it down there. We don't partake down there. We come back to the high place.
told his father and his mother, I have seen a woman in the timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now therefore, get her for me to wife. I'm not just going to preach to young people. He said, Mama and Daddy, I like what I've seen down there. It pleases me well, he says. And the weak, need, spineless father of a sunshine of God's glory said, Samson, let's negotiate. Isn't there a daughter among us that'll do for you? Why don't you look across the church aisle and find you one? Negotiate. My dad's here with me tonight. I've told this story and he'll testify of it. Call to God on my life. Laying in the floor of my living room. Praying that God would let my dad let me play football. Because I was walking around down there. And I was walking around the school on the down. I didn't have a church that was turned upside down every Sunday. I had to walk through a school all by myself. And I saw some things that looked okay to me. I saw some things that I thought I could put in my life. I saw some things that I didn't see a problem with. I saw some things that I thought I could do and still do the will of God. I'm preaching where I know you live. When you're walking around down there, it looks different. It's like to be pressed daily. They don't ever leave you alone. They don't hear you know and believe it. Not in Alabama anyway. 62235. They'd glitter that championship ring that had Bear Bryant's name on it. Come out and play for us. And when I was walking around, I'm not talking about a teenager. I'm talking about I'd already preached. I'd already had a call of God. I'd already stepped in the pulpit. I knew what it felt like to be used by God. And I looked at it and said, I can do that. I'll show you how I was looking. I had one of my mama's couch pillows under my face. Dad was laying on the couch. And I was saying, God, uh, it's just Friday night. It's just two nights of practice. I won't lose out with you. I won't forget my call. And I was sitting there saying, just let daddy say yes. Uh, 
He wasn't my pastor. He was just my daddy. And he laid on the couch with his phone. And he told the coach, he ain't playing. Not this year. Not next year. Not the year after. He's not an Egyptian. He's a Hebrew. He's got a call of God on his life. Don't ever call my house again. The answer is no. judged it right but I had a daddy that was at the high place and he said no it'll fit in my life but daddy stood on the wall and he had a backbone and when I got mad he said I don't care go to the church and pray through you're not playing know what it's like to have absolutely no conviction and say I can't because my daddy's got one Samson might have had more than 76 verses if Manoah would have said boy you ain't going down there again I don't care how pretty she is I don't care how good she can sing you're a Nazarite you got a call of God on your life you're the beginning of a new era you're the beginning of a new day Watch this. Verse 5. Then went Samson down and his father and mother to Timnath. And they had a wedding. God's ray of sunshine and the daughter of a Philistine. Because Samson said, Looks right to me, Dad. Bible said he married that girl. And the devil set about to put the sunshine out in the book of Judges. And Samson saw a woman and the Bible says, and lets us know that the enemy found out, Brother Wilson, because of what he sees, he's enticeable. And the woman that he saw no problem with, the word pleaseth me well means she looks right in my eyes. That woman started enticing him. Tell me the riddle. Tell me the answer. What's out of the eater comes meat, and out of the strong comes. Tell me that she, the Bible says she pressed him daily. Samson said, I hadn't even told my mom and dad. But she got the answer to the riddle. Because the devil figured out if you want to get Samson. 
use what he sees. When he's walking around the streets of Gaza, show him something. And he'll put it in his life. And you can find out the answer. All the way back in Judges chapter 15 and chapter 14, the devil was finding out how to extinguish the sunshine. I'm going to tell you something, young people. The devil fears this group of young people. He knows there's something different. And the difference is anointing. And the difference is consecration. And the difference is calling. And this is what Satan is after in this generation. He wants to find out what turns this group of young people into any other man. I want to know what's the difference. I want to know where the strength is. I want to find out how to turn you into just like everybody else. Samson loses that woman. Along the way, he burns down a cornfield or two. Great and mighty exploits. And the angel that told his mama he was coming, just shaking his head. This is not the beginning that God was trying to start. Chapter 16, and I'm almost finished. Chapter 16, verse 1, put it up there. Then went Samson to Gaza. And we find out at the end of chapter 16 that Gaza was down. And they brought him down to Gaza. Then went Samson down to Gaza. Two chapters out of the three of his life begin the same way. He went down and he saw. And the Bible says he fell in love with what he saw. A woman named Delilah. He loved her really young. But the Bible never says that Delilah loved him. The Bible says the lords of the Philistines came unto her and said, entice him. It's already worked before. We found out the answer through the thing he saw no problem with. Entice him, Delilah and see what makes him like anybody else. And here's what happens when you never come up. The Bible says she pressed him. Daily. Come on, Samson. Tell me where your strength lies. I know you got big brawny shoulders, but that's not where you, you can't pick up the gate of 
laboring with those shorts. I know you're strong, but that's not where your power is. Come on, Samson. If you love me, tell me. And had Samson escaped the grip of Delilah and ran to the high place and looked down on it and said, you know what? She's after my life. Proverbs chapter 7. The preacher is leaning out the window. He said, I saw among the simple ones. The word simple does not mean he was stunted in his intellectual ability. The word simple there simply means enticeable. The preacher said, I'm looking down and I saw one of those ones that was enticeable because of where he was. He was walking in the street in the dark night. The preacher said, I tried to get his attention, but he couldn't hear me because he was down there and I'm up here. He said he walked down there. He was walking through school. And the woman called sin. The Bible says she started talking. Hey, buddy. Hey, anointed one. Who, because of where he's walking, is enticeable. Come here, I got something to tell you. She said, you look nice, buddy. The woman called sin, said, I've made my bed ready. I sprayed perfume. The goodman of the house is gone. Come on in, anointed one. Let's take our fill of love. And the preacher said, I knew what was happening because of where I was. I was up here. I was looking out the window. I was up on the wall watching for their soul, but they couldn't hear me. The Bible says the young boy went after her straightway. He said, like an oxen to the slaughter. He just blundered, followed her blindly. He said, he knoweth not that it's for his life until a dart strike through his liver. Like a bird to the snare. He didn't know where he was going. And the preacher said, her house is the way to hell. Going down to the chambers of death. And the preacher shook his head and said, She's cast down many wounded. And some of the most talented 
some of the ones that were here last year she's cast them down because they couldn't judge right what they saw down there you see young people there will be times when you walk through life and I don't know how it all works together but Jacob's dream said, I saw him going up and coming down. That's what life is. We come to the high place. We become what we are to be in the world at the high place. The Bible said, Jesus told us, as I came into the world, so soon I you. He was in it not of it he was in it he was tempted but he knew no sin you see I'm wise enough I'm young enough to know that in this digital age your pastor can't draw enough lines he can't build enough fences You're going to see some things while you're down. Just don't judge them. Come run into the high place. Look at it from up here. my dad said no I was furious I didn't understand I begged him for the elder daddy dad I didn't call him daddy let me play but on my wedding day I threw my arms around my dad's neck And I was a virgin and I'd never tasted alcohol and I'd never smoked a cigarette and I said dad thank you thank you for answering for me when I didn't know the difference thank you for judging right when I had judged wrong thank you for saving my ministry thank you for saving my calling thank you but samson Forgot the way to the altar, brother. He didn't go to peak in 
and the convulsions of temptations. He could have escaped to the high place. But the Bible says that he put his head in Delilah's lap and he went to sleep. He was comfortable enough with the enemy of his soul to fall asleep with no fear of his life. Everybody just stop where you're at. Just listen to me. He said, finally, Delilah, strength's not in the muscles. It's in my identity. I'm a Nazarite. I'm consecrated. There's never been a razor on my head. If you separate me from my consecrated identity, I will be like any other man. And my talents, I'll have to prostitute because I've lost my anointing. Because I didn't see a problem with something while I was down. He went to sleep and she cut his hair. She said, Samson! The Philistines are on you. And he said, I know the way to the high place. I'll run, pray through. When Brother Tiller preaches Friday night, I'll get right with God. I'll shake myself. And he leaped to his feet and he started shaking himself. And his apostolic identity was gone. And they bound him. They took him down. And the Bible says they didn't blind him. They put out his eyes. They took him out of his head. They didn't just blind him. They completely separated him from his ability to see. I've come to preach to you young people that if you judge wrong with what you see you'll end up not being able to see anything if you judge wrong while you're down you'll judge wrong the rest of your life and you'll marry a woman if you're a woman and you'll marry a man if you're a man because you won't have the ability to even see Samson, oh Samson, Samson, oh Samson, the sun shining and I sin, stop shining, 
because you couldn't keep your eyes off what you saw but you were walking through your school and through your job and Samson you killed a few people in your death but the Bible simply says and his daddy buried him And that's the last you ever hear about the boy that God took an entire chapter in the Bible to tell us he was coming. The next time Samson's mentioned in the Bible, this ray of sunshine that God ground the book of Judges to a halt and said, I'm going to tell you about a boy that's about to be born. And 20 verses in a chapter that covered decades and sentences. God said he's coming. He's going to begin a work. And in the book of Hebrews, Bishop, the writer said, I don't have time to tell you about Samson. I took a whole chapter to tell you he was going to be born but because he couldn't judge right what he saw I don't even have time to tell you about it and Israel keeps convulsing and they give away the glory of God and they lose their identity as the people of God because they lost the place that God met them But God's idea is still the same. And there's a barren woman praying at an altar. And she said, God, if you'll give me a son, I'll stand like Perry Wells and I'll give him back to him. When he judges wrong, I'll judge right. I'll put a priest's robe on him. I'll put him in the preacher's house. I'll come to see him every year, but I'll give him to the God. And God said of Samuel, there's never been another one like Samuel. He was my friend. I met with him. He did what I wanted him to do. So in this room tonight, young people that God wants to begin something in your life they've stood up here with their blue shirts on and God wanted to turn the world upside down with them but some of them aren't even living for God because they couldn't see right it wasn't the power it wasn't their identity it was because when they went down they put something in their life that they judged down there there are some of you in this room tonight that have absolutely limitless potential with what God wants to do through your life I'm telling you God wants to do a new thing in this generation God wants to change whole countries 
God wants to make apostolic continents. I'm talking about God didn't call us to the kingdom for such a time as this to just have a piddling little meeting. God's talking about the whole world. I want to turn the whole world upside down through you. You're now the seed of Abraham. The whole world's going to be blessed. That's what God wants to do. God's got a hand on some of these young men that are going to preach to millions. But I want to tell you something. If you judge wrong while you're walking around down there, you're going to lose it. I stand here tonight I preach to this great host of people but I'm going to tell you there were times in my life that if my daddy had done what I said I'd be shipwrecked you wouldn't even know who I am because there were times I looked at it and I said, I think that can fit in my life. I'll never forget his ever hits bowed. One of the most embarrassing things I've ever had said about me at the time, my dad told the coach, I didn't raise my son the world to get glory from I raised my son to bring glory to God my eyes and ears were full they pressed me daily the woman called sin had my undivided attention I had somebody that said come back to the high place why don't you pray about it and see what God says and I would get up from that old church carpet and I'd pray through and I'd walk out of that church house and I'd say okay God I think I can make it (laughs) because I had somebody and I had somewhere that I could go run to and I could look and judge it from the high plane. So we're about to turn this place into an altar. And we've come running from all corners of this country to the high place. And before we leave this week, heaven's going to touch earth. Some of you are going to be called like you've never been before. And some of you are going to leave out here empowered to do great exploits for God. But I want you to make sure tonight before we leave this church house that you open up your soul. And from the high place of God's calling, you judge your life and say, God, if there's anything in me, we're going to get it all cleaned out. I don't want to lose my ability to see. God, you got to help me. It looks right to me. But I need somebody to open up my spirit. God, I need you to talk to me I need to pray through
or will your story end like Samson's? You started with great potential. God had big ideas. But you became a byword in Hebrews. I don't have time to tell you about Samson. He burned down a few cornfields. He picked up the gate of a city. Oh yeah, one time he killed a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. But I wanted to change the world. I wanted to turn his country upside down. I wanted to deliver his whole people. But he couldn't see right. So young people, every head's bowed, every eye closed. We're about to hit our faces. And we're coming to the high place. And there's preachers in this congregation that are going to walk through you. And we're going to put our hands on your head. And we're going to pray you through the Holy Ghost. Because your eyes are full. Take me to the Come on. I want you to hit your face. Get on your knees. Every pastor, every youth worker, every mom and dad. I know we're not standing on our heads, but that's not what we came for tonight. I want you to find some young person. Pray them through. Let's judge it from the high place. Every young person with a call of God on their life. I want you to pray. Every pastor's child. I want you to make your way to this floor. And let's break through. Come to the high place. Come to the high place. Come to the high place. Come on, mama. Don't go 